Welcome back. Oopsies. To the oh, <laughs> I was playing the schooner pod live on Facebook on my phone, and I'm like, what am I hearing? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's, that's just wonderful. Well, this is all good. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, boy. Well, uh, hey, welcome to the schooner pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me, we got Jameson, we got Ty, and boys, it is truly a new era in Oklahoma football um, with Britton Venables for a spring game, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, that was way better than I could possibly have imagined. 75,000 in the stands. Uh, Baker Mayfield statue thing went great. A lot of passion, a lot of energy. Um, and, you know, you know, the offense looked further along. The defense looked great. We will get into all of that. But let's just let's just start out with that big one. 75,000. That is that is a shock. I mean, I remember our, our pod a couple weeks ago talking about Brent calling out the fans and how we're just not a, you know, a spring game type you know, um, you know, fan base and, you know, we've seen it in the past. We've seen people try to rally the troops, try to get everyone out here and it just kind of doesn't do it. Uh, well, uh, we did it. We did the damn thing. That, that is an unreal record, a, a record for, uh, OU football spring games opening both upper decks. Um, I believe they nearly doubled the previous record. It just mind blowing stuff. Jameson. Um, are you, are you, are you shocked? Are you surprised? Honestly, I was, to be completely honest with you. You know, uh, 75,000 being the biggest. Georgia's it was 68,000. So this is a big-time accomplishment, and it makes me think about it. You know, how much was this, you know, getting called out by Venables and people coming because of that message versus this is just a huge transition time? I think that is calling out the fans probably didn't do too much. It's more so Baker Mayfield, the most beloved Oklahoma Sooner of all time, um, having his day and getting his statue and then also a new era of football just kind of all moves in together with a very large gathering of fans that usually happens um you know and i'm what am i even saying here it's usually big anyways but you know those two things helped it out a lot yeah i mean i mean it was i mean it it, lo- it looked and seemed like a like you know, Southwest Missouri State, like early game where nobody, you know, that you sell it out, but, you know, people are still, you know, tailgating, you know, some of those tickets go to waste. So, it, it, I mean, the crowd was just unreal. Uh, Ty, your thoughts? No, see, I, I think it's, I, well, I think it's obvious. Um, and it's, you know, it's the, the classic lesson that, that has sort of come into the public eye recently or in the past couple of years with, uh, social media and social media algorithms. And it's that that idea that people will sign up for, say, a site because their friends are on it and for those loving reasons, oh, I want to go support my team or oh, whatever else. But then you get the real engagement on, on stuff through people getting upset, people getting angry, people arguing. And I think the Lincoln Riley leaving thing, I think regardless of who the coach that was coming in and uh, what they said to the fans before, I think that played a, a much bigger role in in the turnout now 75 almost 76,000 people being in the stadium for the spring game that's a whole different animal uh so i we can't discount venables you know and and everything he's done and then the baker thing obviously was uh was huge as well and and all the people that that brought in but i i think that a, a large draw for people coming in was just you know i'm gonna support whoever is there you're we're we're essentially showing up to you know, the first public events with our new person to flex on our ex, basically, 
which we did. I doubled USC's spring game attendance, which oddly enough, USC held it a, a neutral site because uh, they didn't have an option because they don't have a stadium. Bobby's muted, but he's he thinks it's going. man. We are just struggling this podcast. I promise I, that we're. I honestly than forgot. This. I, I forgot. I <laughs> muted myself. Hey, I leave. Okay, okay. I, I'm I'm fresh off vacation here, so I'll say this. First of all, that was funny. Uh, second off, um, I, I I mean I think you're direct. You're incredibly right. This was a direct response to what had happened last December. We're let's be honest. We're still a very wounded fan base. We're still a fan base that is really, really hurt about the Lincoln thing, even though we can say all the day we want to that, you know, we've moved on, we have better. And I think there are a lot of points that are still very correct and valid. You know, I, I think that this is a, a better direction than what we had before. Um, well, I, I, I still remember after that West Virginia game thinking, good God, it's just, this is just it. We're just going to cap out at being a final four type of team, but this, this team just isn't going to win at all. Um, you know, and, you know, it's um, it, it was a tough thing then, and you know, I, I think a change in direction, you know, is it, it, a good thing for sure. However, it still hurts. It still hurts to be Oklahoma, the team that you know we had Bob Soups for a billion years, never left. You know, we're we're not a team that gets left um, like that, uh, especially in a in a situation where we are, you know, we we have success, we are doing well, and it, I, I think it stung. I think. Uh, the location stung. If you look at uh, Oklahoma traditionally, you know, um, people have been leaving Oklahoma for California for ever. And uh, they've rubbed their face. At our, our, everyone just loves to talk crap on Oklahomans. And, you know, that has just been a, a, a bit of a stinger. And I, I, I think, frankly, they just wanted to show out because, you know, they. I, I think there's something in the back of some people's minds. It's like, you know what? We need to step up be there for this program and take this to the next level because, you know, maybe we aren't at that level. Maybe we aren't as good as we thought we are because we just had our guy leave. So maybe we need to listen to this guy who's saying, if we want to be great, if we want to be on Alabama's level, you know, we have to pack the stadium like this for a spring game. We have to go that extra mile. Um, And I think they heard the call and I think they showed up absolutely 110%. It's the most proud I've ever been of uh, just OU fans in general. Like, as a crowd, like they, they really stepped up to the plate, really showed up. Um, and it's something to, uh, it's something to truly be proud of. Um, I think they just really wanted to get out and, you know, celebrate OU football in a way that, you know, their, their last memory at the palace was, uh, OU Iowa state, you know, pre all of this BS. So nice way to get the taste out of the, mo- the their mouth, move on to the next era while celebrating, uh, you know, one of the greats. It was just a good feel, uh, just a perfect feel-good day in Norman, uh, and certainly one I wish I was at. What was the sound like in the arena, Ty? You know, because it's kind of hard cheering um, in spring games because, yeah, you'll cheer for the touchdown, but it's also that means your your defense just blew a 95-yard touchdown at the same time. So, like, what was it like, like, noise and sound-wise? Well, it uh, sounded kind of loud on TV. Oh my oh, god! No. <laughs> Why? What happened? No, I, I I never said that I was going. I, I kept leaving it open on the uh, last week's podcast, and oh, I just stayed goodness. on the offensive. And you guys never called me out, but yeah, I was here. Yeah, because we and Bobby were so guilty that we were not going. 
like extremely guilty that we weren't going to be there. Why didn't go Man. to Austin? You know, so. look at us. We we every single week we make an OU football podcast and we talk about some really just like minute things to fill content during the off season. The off season has one big day a year. It's the spring game, and here we are. None of us went. I swear we care about OU. I don't know about Ty now. Ty was just sitting on his couch. Ty, Ty, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was at least you guys don't even go here. <laughs> I do. I do. What you talking about? Okay. Yeah. yeah that, that's true. Jameson is a student here. I'm just a, 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 an alum, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not really uh, right. I ain't judging you for that one, but you know, Wolf. Hey, and not only that, you're a Norman resident. You live. You live right there. Yeah. No. Oh, there's well. no. There's no excuse. <laughs> I just didn't want to. It looked like it was really busy. It was a game time decision. It looked like it was really busy, and I really didn't want to deal with a a full. Uh, game time experience oh, without that's a bummer. I love like that. most of our friends, you know, were gone, and that's then, true. Uh, I, I want to, you know, go through because I have they still have minimal staff, so going through security. Although, if we don't need to turn into excuses for why we didn't go, okay. Now, that is actually fair, Ty. Just going to a game by myself would suck, especially because it sounds like the logistics they were not ready for that. I heard there was only one gate open on the west side, for example, so like. They, I don't think they were fully capable or ready to do all that. Uh, that's that's fair. That's fair. But other than that, in stadium, it seems like it was like a uh, full game type of atmosphere, which is just. Mm-hmm. And look, I'll, I'll tell you this: I would have way more interest in more spring games normally. You know, on a non you know revenge year, uh, when I'm not trying to go to the spring game out of spite. Um, you know, I, I think I would have more interest in it if it was like it was on Saturday, like an actual experience with tailgating and you get that feel again, you know, just get, get a little bit of that dosage of uh, what falls are like. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like Christmas in the summer, but you know, the thing is what I think it's tough moving forward. Obviously um, this, like you said, is a very, very big weekend, um, but we're going to get spoiled because next year again, we'll get another, um, you know, statue with Kyler Murray. You know, they, they said it multiple times that that's pretty much going to happen. And it's been talked about this for a long time. It just makes sense. But after that, you know, if we aren't, you know, winning national champions by then or some kind of other horrible thing happens to us, hopefully it doesn't. But, you know, like just coming on a year where there's nothing special going on, I think OU, you know, athletic department and the fans are really going to have to step up to keep this going because 75K was nice. We had a vendetta that we were trying to prove as an OU sports, um, you know, fan base. Um, but it's easy to do it once, but it's hard to consistently do it. Yep. That's how the great ones do it. You know, you have to keep building on that. And, you know, honestly, if they just keep making it like a full game day atmosphere, go all out like they did uh, this time, I could see it being like that. Because honestly, you know, some of my favorite parts of game day don't even involve football. You know, it, it's it's the, 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 the tailgating, the smells. Having a couple beers, seeing the seeing your friends that you haven't seen in a while, and you know that whole experience, the, you know the band and all that. It's it it makes it worth it. Um, and even if the game doesn't matter in the end, which a lot of bad OU non conference games don't matter, I don't care. I have a good time. And and um, you know if this if the spring game can be like that, hell yeah, I'm in. I think a lot of other people will be too. For sure, I I think it goes back to you know all the points that we were saying last week, which I. You know, it's easy to say this uh, in retrospect, but I, I don't want any of those to have come off as, as sort of a hedge. But it's, you know, it's I don't think they can expect this 
even close to this next year, uh, I would be very impressed by 10,000 less than this. 65,000 next year would be insane, I think, to to pull in uh, just with realistic expectations for the season and everything else because it was a perfect storm, you know, of of factors like we just talked about and creating that environment and that drive for people uh, besides us. Uh, but for the real fans that, that went to the game, um, for them to, to come out. And we we still need to, I think, as a, a university and as a team and as, as an athletic department, really look into making that atmosphere more of an event, more of a, a spectacle or, or whatever it may be. I think that and, and I think this is a good segue into getting into this. The on-field play by the team was excellent for a yeah, spring game definitely. in terms of effort, the the contact, the the level that they were taking it. You know, last year a, a big sort of criticism. I, I don't know if we mentioned it on the on the podcast, but Bobby and I I remember we're sitting there last year and, and we're getting sort of frustrated with the execution of of the first team offense especially, you know, not to continue to, to, you know, beat a dead horse, but like Spencer Rattler just looked like he could not have cared less to be there. A lot of the other guys, you know, it was really slow. It, I don't even, it didn't even look like walkthrough execution a lot of the time and it just wasn't entertaining. And, and this time, you know, the, the football product was, I think world-class in terms of what you can expect from, from a spring game, but yeah, logistics of the events were not up to par. And then, you know, the, the environment, like I said, for me specifically, just because with a, you know, a, a big thing of, of events, and I, I'm not trying to, you know, tell my own story, but I think it's indicative of, of sort of the situation was, you know, I I can't think of anyone, uh, you know, that I regularly go to events and stuff with who was in town or, or in the area for the weekends. And that was a big driving factor and sort of, you know, I, I was like, it even when I live five minutes away, it would still take me just as long to sort of drive, walk, wait in line, get in there, watch, and then that in reverse to get back out. I would have spent as much time traveling as I did watching the game. And if you came down from the city, unless you spent you know more time at, at Campus Corner or, or Tailgated or something before, you probably spent three to four uh, times your your sort of event time in, in travel time, which just doesn't make sense. So I, I think... I- Making that more of a spectacle, you know, is definitely something that we need to continue to do. I'll say this though, Todd. I was thinking about this. Yeah, I mean, going 10k less and being like 65k next year would obviously still be very good. Um, you know, like I said, kind of comparing it to Georgia with 68k being on that level, I think is very you know good for a team that's coming off a national championship. Like that's that's a spectacle to go, that you're going to want to go to if you're a Georgia fan. But I don't know. I haven't heard too many of like first hand accounts, but just thinking logistically you know, about fans that live a little bit farther away with the weather forecast, you know, the potential for like tornadoes and the tornadoes that did um, have warnings, you know, in OKC on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if we lost a significant amount of people who drive an hour and a half, two hours, just because there's chances of rains and, you know, bad weather. I mean, so there's, there could have been a couple of things. We could have made it even crazier to be completely honest with you. Yeah. And I, I would like to kind of see like what people's experiences were that, you know, maybe had been turned off by that, um, you know, cause you know, go, <laughs> I, I for one would be a little freaked out if I was from out of town and I was at a hotel during a tornado warning. Um, I know what I'm doing, you know, because you know, I'm an Oklahoman, but if I wasn't from here, 
I'd be freaky. Uh, so I, I could, I could see that. I think that's, I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, but next, next season, I feel, I feel pretty good if we get it, you know, on a good weekend. I think another big thing is not having on masters weekend. Cause that has happened in the past. And for a guy like Lincoln Riley, he's talked about the masters and, you know, always tweets about it, but then he would schedule on masters weekend. That's just stupid. Cause I guarantee you, there's a lot of people that, you know, that comes once a year and then OU football, um, the spring game comes once a year, but OU football comes what six times a year to Norman. So, um, Honestly, you're going to choose the Masters if you're a huge golf junkie and not go to the spring game, and you can watch them both on your TV. So d- making sure in the future never, ever schedule them that weekend, um, it gives you your window a lot shorter, but it's just something you've got to do. Yeah, absolutely. I would also like to, to note, by the way, the amount of former players they brought out. Oh, my goodness. That was um, just, just mm-hmm. awesome. Um, you know, from not just from, you know, the 2000s, etc. Uh, the guys we saw, you know, on, on the graphics that were tweeted out all week, but you know, some, some of the older guys, some of the guys from the eighties, it was just really cool. It felt like an awesome family reunion and, you know, it really drives home, uh, what they're trying to do with the soul mission, you know, where they're trying to be like, look, this is about a lifelong thing. We're going to really look out for y'all. We're going to appreciate y'all, you know, beyond your four years. Um, the, what, what, what does Brent say, always say, uh, you know, uh, uh, relational rather than transactional. That's that type of program right there. He started it immediately off, lines everyone up, gives them a speech. Man, it just, it, it was enough to make it want to run through a damn wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had some players that usually don't show up to things. Like, you know, Jason White and Sam Bradford, you know, don't really show up to much. And they were there. And no Billy Sims. Like, that was the most surprising. That's one of our, if not our most passionate alumni in terms of, Football players, can you name a more passionate one in terms of alumni than Billy Sims? There, there's got to be something going on with Billy. And I know a guy named Garrett. Oh, <laughs> uh, Billy Sims probably would not uh, would not threaten murder against anyone for you know. No one has done that. No one has has done that. We didn't name clarify. which Garrett. There are multiple Garretts in the world. But anyways, that's beside the point. Um. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, you're right. Billy, Billy is the guy. That was definitely a noted ad, absence. Very weird, but He's, he, he doesn't. He doesn't miss these kind of things. So you know, everyone has their scenarios. Obviously, you know, I mean, you didn't go to the game because we had other um, plans, and not everyone should revolve their personal life around OU football, even though it's very thought of in our society that everything should not be scheduled on OU football game days. Uh, but, but not seeing Billy there was probably the most surprising. Cause I always look for him every single kind of alumni game. Cause I think he's absolutely hilarious. Um, so I, I hope everything's okay with him. I'm sure he'll put out some video or something talking about it or whatnot. But, um, other than that, you know, you know, we get the, like, I feel like the younger generation, like these newer players, I don't know how much of it is just they're young and they're able and they're, you know, a little bit more motivated to get out. But I feel like, you know, like the guys that played with, you know, with Baker Mayfield, are really close and show up to these things a lot. I feel like we get, you know, CeeDee Lamb and Kyler Murray and, you know, those big names, I feel like we see them every single time. But in terms of, you know, early 2000 guys, I mean, it's like I said, Jason White, even though he's a big name on, you know, Air Comfort Solutions here and his names and all like, you know, on billboards and stuff, it's rare to see him, I feel like, at OU events. Like this man didn't come to, um, what was it, the Kyler Murray Heisman because he was uh, coaching – his like son's basketball game or something. 
uh, or was that Sam Bradford? It was one. It was one of the two. But I think it was. It, it, sure was, it was Jason, Jason White. It was, it was Jason, Jason White. White. I'm pretty damn sure. Like, come on. Like, what? Like, I'm sorry. If I won a Heisman Trophy, I'm in the one of the most prestigious, like you know, sports clubs in the world, and I'm coaching a basketball game instead. Ugh, woof. I I don't get it, but you know, it's Jason White. He he seems like a low key type of guy. His jeans have improved, but not that. I much. did. I zoomed in on the jean bottoms. No joke. It's so Still whenever bad. I saw the pictures of him, and I was zooming in on him the Friday in the, in the Friday ceremony. I was looking at all of his pant bottoms. They're not bad now. They are just normal jean bottoms. You know, they're, they're not fitted. They're not, not Jinkos like they were for that for that Heisman photo shoot. But they are like he's definitely wearing boot cuts. With like uh, with sneakers. Which hey, is Ty, what do you what do you think about this for next year's punishment <laughs> for missing the uh, you know the worst record for pickums? Um, someone has to go out and wear that to an, an OU football game the next coming season. Or or the, or the I would just, I would rather do that than any sort of eating based <laughs> challenge. Well, I'm, well, I'm never gonna agree to an eating based challenge ever again. <laughs> It's gotta be it's gotta be the, the Jinkos on the first game of the season where it's hot. So like you'll be sweating, you know, in August with like, I don't know, twelve pounds of jeans, twelve pounds of denim on your legs. And I you just, have to get yeah. the, the same pullover that he was wearing too, that OU like, you know, like kind of windbreaker Ooh, that he had on. That that's bad too. I'm in. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that's manageable. That's that's more of a uh strategic, you know ticket purchasing thing because there are certainly places where you could sit where that wouldn't be that bad i honestly i think the punishment should just be you have to sit in the student section all season because that is <laughs> that is becoming increasingly unbearable i'm not gonna lie that was it's an electric atmosphere when you're 18 19 years old uh, not yeah, my, so much my little my little chicken legs my chicken legs can't stand that long anymore i i'm okay with the standing it's just the it's, the standing I, is fine. Yeah. It's the conversations, man. I, I can't I can't get them. I don't know. I, I, I've grown more cynical in my relatively older age. But I don't know. Anyways, it seems like it was a great time. We all wish we could have been there. Uh, it would have been great. But um, we're just going to have to wait for uh, UTEP, I guess, which is uh, going to be awesome. So um, I'm trying to think any other... I, d- I did want to say, yeah, I, I think a, a good point to mention... Um, I would say get your get your tickets now. You know, no, no free. Well, I guess no free advertisements doesn't apply when we're just entirely a free advertisement for OU football. But I would say get your tickets to games now because I I know we always say oh they they sell out, but I I think they're going to be in demand, and I would expect for them to be a little bit more expensive this year. Uh, surprisingly enough, just because of that that sort of demand and that hype. Because if we could draw 75,000 engaged people to our spring game when the weather was borderline potentially dangerous, uh, or, or I guess it maybe did get dangerous at, at some point. I was here, but I wasn't really paying attention. I, I think it may have hailed it at some point. But it was you know suboptimal situation weather-wise. Some other good stuff was going for us in that department but that atmosphere in a spring game is is absolutely ridiculous and i i think the atmosphere for the first game of the year is going to be insane right at the start i I think it's Mm going to be an an electric super loud super bought in crowd and i would expect us to carry that through 
most of the season, you know, riding this this wave of of we got our guy, you know, and the success that that that's going to bring, and and you know, hopefully, well, success breeds success. That's that's known unless you're Mercedes AMG Patronus, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I would I would go ahead and and make your plans now. You know, look at those doable away games. Look at those Red Rivers, especially that one is looking like it's it's going to be. Like, who knows how the the game is going to be? You know, not to hype up Texas, but they're getting that preseason hype again. And and uh, if they just get lucky a few times, we're looking at uh, who knows if it'll be a good game or if the teams will be legit. But that could be a, a real big, real big game and, and all sorts of stuff. So I I know I'm already looking at right now. You know, figuring out how to plan ahead for for some stuff being pretty interesting next season yeah the we the we got our guy energy is gonna have to carry through some of these uh just 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 eyeballing through uh starting off utep kent state k-state uh kansas baylor osu that's the full schedule so you Ugh. don't have a really good game until uh november you get bedlam and that'll be a revenge game i think that's a really big deal because you know the years osu beats us you know is very minimal um, but I feel like we're going to really have a lot, hopefully at that point in the season, a lot of, you know, chip on our shoulder to ready to just take down, um, that revenge. And OSU's not going to be a bad team. Like they've lost a lot of people, you know, people getting transfer portal, you know, they still have Spencer Sanders back. And I understand that he's not the most perfect quarterback, but anytime that <clears throat> you have a quarterback in football, who's a veteran, who's been there and has been starting for multiple years, like that's something to like, you know, be a little bit scared about. No matter how good you think he is, like he's been there, done that, and he's beat us before. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. Now that is what we call a safety net, folks. So... Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs, and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now, back to the show. Yeah, no, that... that uh osu baylor pairing it's gonna be good i think that that is going that bedlam is gonna be very very good for sure speaking uh, of of quarterbacks you know we didn't we didn't do much sort of analysis of the spring game uh, bobby i don't know if you uh paid much attention to the rest of last week's pod after you left but one of the things that jameson and i sort of kept touching on in, in the last part of the pod was this you know idea that there's only so much that you can get from from the spring game and ultimately, you know, where OU, whether it's uh, it's just in our nature to be more quarterback centric than most. And, and I think, you know, from what we saw, is there anything that you guys think we can glean from Dylan Gabriel's 
yes. performance or, or showing in the spring game? Here's just me really just going through the weeds on this because, like we, like you said, you know, how much can you actually take from this? But I was looking at body language. Remember, I was kind of seeing, um, you know, who are the people going the extra mile? Who understands the offense? Who feels like a leader? And I think he did all of those things that I just said. He was going up there very confident at the line. You could tell he knew the playbook very well. And one thing that I noticed a lot from him is I feel like we were hearing in practice reports that, you know, he might not make the crazier throws. That like some, he's a little bit more, you know, methodical. I feel like he threw a lot of tight window throws. I feel like he was trying to throw people open. And there are a couple of dangerous ones. And I like doing that in practice. You know, I understand we're mimicking a game-like environment, but try to make those tough throws on the big stage in a very, you know, game-like um, scenario because make, like, see if you can do those kind of things because being safe is cool and all, um, but – this is not part of our record. So go out and make those tough throws. And yeah, he threw an interception to Kendall Dennis and Kendall Dennis has been waiting for run this whole time at OU finally actually getting looks at probably in practice because Alex Grinch is just blinders of all every single defensive back we had on this team. But I, I was just really impressed by how he conducted himself and the confidence that he had within that offense. Yeah, no, he, he, uh, did not look like a guy who's only been here a couple months. Uh, of course, it's just a spring game, but he looked very comfortable in the Jeff Levy o- offense. Did not look like he missed a step. You know, I, just looking at the stats here as as well, you know, 10 for 13, you know, 131 and a touchdown. Excellent stuff. Um, and yeah, it, here's the thing too about that interception. It's hard to judge him on that when he was playing basically all-time quarterback for both sides. So he was, he was used to th- throwing to red and white. Um, so naturally, like if you're throwing up a toss up, you, you might mentally in your head be like, that's probably my guy. I don't know. I, 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 I obviously I've never played quarterback, so maybe that hasn't been it, but you can't really fully judge him on that. You know, if you really want to dive into it, you know, he, he might've had like some sort of weird situation. There wasn't a great throw, kind of a, you know, just a toss up to two type of guys, but you know, overall, you know, that doesn't matter. You know who looked horrible in their or in their um, uh, spring debut? Kyler Murray. Kyler, Kyler Murray was miserable. <laughs> Kyler Murray was awful at spring games, and he won a Heisman. So, like, there's no reason to overanalyze. But I will say the comfort is there, and um, he, he looks like he has a good grasp of the offense. So that's a really good start. I will say this. I did notice, like, you can kind of tell who he likes throwing the ball to because we got a pretty good good sample size when, you, like you said, he's on uh, all-time offense. He was targeting Marvin Mims a lot, I noticed. Um, I think uh, Marvin Mims only got a couple catches, but I think he had five targets and like the limited snaps that he did have. Um, and I could tell he was looking at Drake Stoops a lot too. So I think that inside slot is kind of his thing. Um, and uh, Marvin Mims as being your number one guy, that's a guy who can get open. I think that's a great guy to look at. Um, Theo Weiss, you know, he had a couple of good, uh, you know, targets too. But um, Marvin Mims and Drake Stoops seem to be those guys that he's going to carry on in his kind of, you know, pressure valve release. Yeah. I would like to make a quick little touch as well. Uh, if Nick Evers is going to be our, our main backup, which I don't think he is. I he's think not going. Might, it's going to be a Rucker. That's, that's, that's a Ralph Rucker thing. But if we're really looking, if that's, I think that that was pretty clear from the spring game. Uh, but the first time I saw Nick Evers pop up on the field, I'm like, oh my god, this kid, 
this kid's probably this kid is not ready yet. He need he need, he needs some time in the oven. Uh, he, the, the Schmidt, you know, he he needs he needs Schmidt to develop him into uh, not a high school player because he he's he's looks a little high schoolish out there. Yeah. Um, other things. I mean, we can kind of talk. I I know we didn't want to talk too much about analyzing this game, but I guess just people that stood out to me for sure. Um, obviously, uh, with Dylan Gabriel, Javante Barnes getting uh, first team reps on that team, and even though he got smoked by Deshaun White, you can tell why people think he's going to be really special moving forward. And this is going to be a, probably a draft pick that we're going to have, and a guy who's going to get many carries for us in the next three years. Really liked what I saw from him. Obviously, getting two touchdowns in the first quarter. Um, and then obviously Jaden Gibson, did you see how long his strides were on that 95 yard touchdown? They said it on the, uh, on the coverage, but legitimately he was moving for a six foot five and the guy was just stride. It was honestly ridiculous. It, I mean, it was some track level stuff, uh, just incredible touchdown. Um, you know, um, that, that, that was the 95 yard one that, uh, Micah Bones threw, I believe, uh, just. I mean, really mind-blowing stuff. Uh, hopefully, we get to see some reps out of him. He was very impressive. Gotta love uh, my guy uh, Tweet Walker as well. Got a lot of got a lot of grinded out really carries. He looked very, very good. Uh, Eric Gray had a phenomenal run as well. So that, and not only that, but if you, we're, we're not going to try to break it down position group by position group. But you know, with Gavin Sawchuck coming in later, you know, maybe this running back uh, core might not be too bad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That being no. said, that seems like something I would say. And uh, a couple of months from now, go back and be like, well, spring game fools people. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah. I, Ty, I want to hear what you think about some of the players. But I, I kind of remembered in our talks when Bobby went off the pod um, last week uh, talking about Ethan Downs and how important he's been to this team. And there was one moment near the end of the game, whenever the white team was making their run to try to see if they could, um, you know, win at the last second. And I saw Ethan Downs get a sack, and they put they give him a close up of the video, and this dude is gassed. He is just breathing, huffing and puffing, can't even move. This is a spring game, and he can barely breathe. You know what he does? He puts his hand in the dirt, does an inside move, and sacks again, and gets a second sack right at that. And I was like, wow. This dude, dude can barely breathe. He's so tired, and he's pushing that hard in a spring game. Like I think we hit it on the head, Ty. Like this guy is going to be an energy setter and a big time leader for this football team. Well, maybe if you know if you're if you're gassed in a spring game, uh, maybe not because maybe you're only a a. a I, I believe in Schmitty to get him there. Asset, but yeah, you know it could also just be you know some people just show tired you know i don't want to say dramatic because then it makes it sound like he's maybe not as tired some people are just more you know um that was physiologic tired this dude this dude was puffing out carbon dioxide (laughs) he was grinding maybe there's a strategy there you know there's a big big effort to sort of replace your oxygen or something i don't know (laughs) we needed uh, ty's conspiracy theories i think things were going too normal that's not that's not a conspiracy. You're saying theory. he you're saying he was fronting, he was trying to act Oxygen tired so he could have smoked muscles, the left that's tackle. That's a conspiracy theory. No, you were saying that he's saying that maybe he was like faking. No, I wasn't saying he was faking it. I was just saying, you know, like some people like will try to not look like they're tired, and then other people will be, you know, very dramatic about things. They could be the same level of tired, 
physically, you know. I just know he's a hard worker. That's that's all I need. Well, yeah, to know. yeah, no, that's not in dispute. You were just you were saying that you don't think that when we're breathing, oxygen is fueling our muscles. That's what you said. I think you I, might be beating up I, on a straw man there, my my guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what what I what I did want to mention in terms of uh, specific player groups was something offensive, you know. So it's uh, Bland's typical OU pod. Only want to talk about the the offense, but Daniel Parker at the tight ends uh, looked to be our firm tight ends one, which I think. You know, we kind of alluded to last week. You know, maybe, maybe not, because again, it's it's still very early. But you know, you probably don't transfer somewhere in your your last season of play to be a backup when you're not. Uh, but I, I think that was good to see because that's pieces coming together. And then the red team, you know, we didn't mention last week, and uh, we didn't mention today. Coached by Demarco Murray, who obviously big running back at at OU, and for uh, the the Cowboys next year, we got this. Um, and, and also our, our running backs coach here and then a, a big guy in the offense. So I think cool to see, you know, DeMarco Murray getting some, some coaching reps there because as much as we, this is kind of getting off topic, I guess, but as much as we, we love him, you know, he's, he's performing well, you know, maybe he got the job because of, uh, who he is to the program and, and his name recognition nationally and his ability to recruit, but he's starting to show that he, uh, can be an actual you know, coach on his own right, just as a coach, because he's a, you know, tremendously driven, tremendously smart, recruits well, again, big name recognition still in, in the South and stuff. So shout out to him because we want him to stay here as long as, as he can, but obviously your, your natural career progression is is not going to keep you at the same school for forever. So of course, gotta, gotta give him a shout out as much as we can. Yeah. I'd also like to shout out to uh, Brent for, you know, coaching the entire game on the field, just screaming <laughs> at the defense the whole time. It was great. His voice was getting cut at <laughs> halftime. Every single time I feel like we like listen to one of his speeches, I'm just waiting for his voice to just go. It's like his poor vocal cords get worked every single day. You can tell he's constantly yelling at that, at, you know, throughout practice, you know, everything that he does. Like his poor voice, it's just done. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. But, you know, I – I, I gotta say, I kind of liked him being the, like, kind of rally guy for everyone. You know, he, he was, he was kind of like the host of the evening. Yeah. You know, which is, which is kind of, I, I mean, I've never been to a spring game where the coach is like, I want to talk to you several times, you know, six minutes at a time, you know, which is, it's, it's great. You can tell the energy and the passion and the love for this program is here and he's just truly in on it. And I, I, I love that, you know, and, you know, it, frankly, I, I, I've never seen that. Stoops, you know, he obviously cared about this program, but it was more in a silent, you know, through I'll show you through my work type of way. I kind of think Lincoln was the same. Uh, this guy is just next level about this. And I I, I, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. What speaking did, uh, of... You, okay, go ahead, Todd. Uh, I was just going to say, speaking of Stoops, if you didn't watch the TV broadcast, uh, great moment at the end in like the last yes. minute where Stoops <laughs> just locates the the press box where uh, Dusty Dvorak and uh, the typical uh, OU announcer, I feel really bad. Toby, Toby Rowland. Yeah, uh, or, or commentating on the game. Stoops, obviously a very experienced broadcaster and commentator in his own right, just sort of 
barges into the box, doesn't take a microphone. You can kind of just hear him talking in the background. He fully knows <laughs> that the game is still going on, but he just, you know, it's it's his his place basically, and he just comes up and says hi, gives some sort of comments on the game, you know, knowing that he's interrupting the broadcast, knowing he doesn't have a microphone and everything else, and then leaves. And they're like, let's let's get it, let's get him like a mic, let's get him a mic, and he's like, nope, I'm out of here. He came in there obviously on his way out with like 20 seconds left in the game. And they're like, let's get an interview. Come on, Bob. Let's let's talk on the broadcast. He's like, no. <laughs> I, will, I will interrupt your broadcast, but I will not take part in it anyway, in any way beyond that. That's funny. He's he's got too much beef with cable networks right now, so he's just probably not trying to dip his toes into anywhere. I don't know if there's something contracts about that. Um but well, hey, Valley just... Sports, Valley Sports and Fox, you know, they probably don't have a connection anymore, but he might be, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, screw them all. Maybe, 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 uh, he's a big YouTube TV I fan. Am... He just really uh, hates Valley. Screw Valley, honestly. We all hate him there. Anyone yeah, that I... does has the, d- done the Thunder games is just, you can't, you're not, you're always going to be bad, no matter how good you are. And poor Valley just, oh man, they just were off to a rough start in terms of Thunder coverage. This yeah, is, it's been a whole year, and they're I, still so garbage. I, d- I don't even want to get into how pissed off they make me with their Fire Stick app. So, but this is an OU podcast. Let's move on. I really want to hear what y'all's thoughts on Baylor Baker Mayfield's statue. And am I wrong for Baylor Mayfield uh, Baker? But <laughs> oh, did no. they add? Did they add the Nike swoosh after it got you know criticism, or was it already there and I just didn't see it Ooh, on the headband? The swoosh was there. I, I remember okay. seeing at night one that the swoosh was there. Okay, okay, good. Because I was looking yeah, at it, and I was like, I do not remember seeing. Because I kept looking at Peyton like... Manning's. <laughs> I just kept thinking it was the Peyton Manning's forehead. I was looking at it, and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a headband. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But still kind of yeah, looks I a little think bit they, I think they added the headbands. No, the headband was always that... there. On no, the headband night? was always there. The headband was not there in that picture where it looks like the Terminator. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look this. No, up. no, it was. Y- y'all, y'all talk there. about this. No, it's no. in our. It's in our group text. He no, I, he looks no. exactly like the guy from Terminator. In one, but in the exact same event, there's a picture of him with the headband. Look on. at this. There is no headband on this statue. There is a yeah. Nike symbol right there. Where? <laughs> right. In the middle of his headband. <laughs> yes, it's right there, Ty. We can all see it. Oh yeah, yeah, there is. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, but that's not a very like, well done. Think they like called up the like sculptors, like, dude, you need to make a headband right now. Well, <laughs> I feel like maybe you could just on it. get a real headband and just spray paint it a matching color and slide it on there. No one would know. I just had a really, you know. Really, if you had anything that was a color match to any of the statues, I could feel I feel like you could stick it to there and it could be there for a good amount of time before anyone noticed. Obviously not too excessive, but yeah, you, know, you, could, w- you could stick pretty much anything you wanted to to one of those. I, I will also say, and you know, um, you know, uh, a guy black in the comments here, um, you know, asked if we've seen it in person. Fortunately, we all have it. I didn't we all wanted it. to be I just there. I drove by it, but it is. But yeah, that's a little drive-by. So that's allegedly, allegedly it looks better in person. But the first, the first time I saw it, anytime I see a statue first, I just think of the Cristiano Ronaldo one, and I just get <laughs> nervous that there's just someone's gonna screw it up. So I guess I'm a little bit skeptical every single time I first see a statue. Um, but allegedly, it looks a lot better. 
um, in person. And I would say also, like, I think part of that has to be the angle because the statues aren't meant to be like eye level with. So like the, you know, photography from eye level is going to look bad. Um, but the pictures I've seen from, you know, people who have been there and, you know, I've taken a picture, you know, where it's, you know, you got the full context, you're in Heisman park, the sunshine, and you have the grass and everything. It, you know, it, and as he says, he says it looks like Baker. So I, I'm going to take the people who've actually seen it and take their word for it. So, you know, sadly, you know, a lot of my content for this pod was going to be roasting that statue from that first video or the first picture. Uh, but, you know, I got to say it, it, uh, it turned out, all, it turned out, it looks better than it is or than it, than it looked that first night when I was at the reception. I was like, oh God, look how they massacred my boy. Did, did you hear that Baker said his first choice was the flag plant? I didn't hear that. Yeah, he said it in a little press conference, but he said, but Josie wouldn't let that happen. <laughs> Damn, I, I hate that. But the stiff arm's still a good pose, but that, I, I, and I, I see where he's getting that because if Baker was carrying the whole ass flag, all the other Heisman's wouldn't look as cool, you know? Well, no, but, yeah. Yeah, Ty, I think ahead. the thing to do would be to ha- make it an actual flag, you know, just sort of. But yeah, who knows? Well, who knows the logistic of, logistics of of that? But you do have to sort of keep it fair, keep it even. See, well, that's a good idea. It doesn't pass the vandalism test, where people could, uh, you know, could just raise, could, ju- could just put up whatever flag they want, uh, which could get really bad really quickly. You, know, you can so, oh I, hypothetically. <laughs> You could vandalize a, a bronze statue. I don't know oh, what TCU's yeah. horn frog is made of, but I know you could, I know for a fact, hypothetically, that that can be vandalized. SMU's ponies, I know that those can be, I know that stone statues can be signs of sort of any design. North or South Greek can be uh, vandalized. Well, that's true. Hypothetically, I would know that. Well, that is true. I feel like spray paint isn't nearly as funny as, like, I completely changed out the flag. Uh, yeah. I'm not talking spray paint, but yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think all in all, honestly, pretty good job. Uh, it was, I was nervous at first, but it looks like, you know, it's going to be great. I'm really excited to see Kyler Murray's. Um, I mean, do you all have any thoughts about uh, what is, like, a Kyler moment? Because I feel like there's not, like, a, you know – the Baker, you know, stiff arm or the Baker flag plant, like Kyler doesn't have like an iconic picture that I can come and think of in my brain that a lot of people would think would be his statue. I'm thinking it'll be like him scrambling around with like, the yeah, ball in one uh-huh. hand, you know, and one of those uncomfortable, you know, for, for us who the, are the, like, the, the Michael, the Michael Vick, the Michael Vick style of running. He made it popular of holding it and just, I'm so much more athletic than you that I can hold the ball like this and you can't even touch it. Yeah. Or it's little like little gallop thing. If they could somehow get him like mid. That, okay. Now that that's, that's cool. But that is so hard. I, I can't even imagine the support that would have to go into that. But yes, yeah. no, that, no, there you go. That is an iconic thing. Cause as soon as you said that, that image came into my brain, like Ty, that's the thought. kind of images you want. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say the, uh, the galloping thing. For, for sure. I'm sorry. I hope God. they don't. I just hope they don't do what they did with Baker and you know retroactively add a headband. That that was just severe criticism and then and then change everyone's uh, memories with little. I, I truly. I, it, 
it has to be like an like an anchoring thing for me or something where it's like as soon as like I see a statue, I just assume all these negative things. That's really what it is. Um, it's really sad, but I think I think we can move on from it. And honestly, did y'all? I got a little bit misty whenever Baker was giving a speech because I felt like we talked about this last week. I feel like he really needed this. I really do, and I could see the emotion in him. And you know, obviously, he has a very emotional story and how he came to be the OU's quarterback, but like having an appreciation day for him where 75,000 people were cheering for him, that just really made me feel good. And I got a little bit misty watching his emotions. Yeah, no, I, I mean, frankly, I got, I got messy the whole way through uh, for a lot of it, but, um, and I mean, you could hear it in his voice. You could tell how much this meant to him. And, you know, he said it, said it as much himself, you know, the refresh of, you know, being around, you know, an organization and a university that loves you, like truly loves him. Like easily he might be at least in our generation, the most beloved OU player in, in, in uh, the OU most beloved OU football player in history by far. Um, so to have him come back and be celebrated in this manner just had to have, had to have just been wonderful. Just a way to anchor yourself and be like, yeah, this is what it's all about. Yeah. I, I think it, it was you what what we expected and i don't think that's uh diminishing it at all i think it, it was one of those things where people had this you know expectations if they were thinking ahead about it of of how it would be a you know a super significant thing and, and a super meaningful thing for baker but then also just the guys that that played with him and I, you know it's important in the in the broadcast and his speech you know continue to to mention the the guys that he played with and and uh, everything else that that enabled that and how he views it as you know it's it's his award but it's also the the team's award and you know that was one of the most electric OU teams you know of of uh, you know that I've seen in my lifetime for for sure that well both he played there multiple years but. Um, yeah, I think it was, it was what everyone expected, but in a good way, you know, one of those things that people had high hopes for, for the event and for the atmosphere and that it lived up to those hopes. So, you know, meeting expectations is, is, uh, certainly something that you like, I really lost my, uh, train of conversation. No, no, you're good. You're good. And I, I feel like we're getting kind of, you know, towards the end of this Bobby. Um, but we absolutely have to talk about, um, the recruiting we just got you know jr sandlin tweeting about a lock and it seems like there were going to be emojis um in terms of commitments um even though we've lost lincoln riley um but i say hit, hit the song and we can round out the podcast after that yeah absolutely uh oh my gosh i haven't uploaded it to our new stream yard oh no Oh, uh, Jameson, you're gonna have that to can't, that it. can't be. Do it live. Nope. Yes. What is this? Jamison. This is a rooted corner with Jamison. Everybody dancing. Oh, that's nice. Thank yeah, God. I, I was worried because I was gonna have to do it. Ty was gonna put me on the spot. Um. So here's the thing. I, I'm really surprised, to be honest with you, that we're getting Sandlin making these tweets and everything. Obviously, I've been seeing how. He's been a hype man since we've hired him. He tweets a lot and he's trying to engage with recruits on Twitter. But the way that Venables runs this program in terms of recruiting, I wouldn't think that he was going to buy into this, you know, 
playing up the hype on Twitter and emojis and everything. Um, so I don't know how much Venables like, you know, has his feet in this, like, like, is he telling him that he can do this and he's okay to do this? Or is this kind of just like a JR thing where he's just doing it by himself? I'm very curious to hear what the logistics and strategy behind this, because obviously they're every little thing that happens within this program is going to have eyes on it. Um, so I'm curious to see what Brent's, uh, you know, thought process on it, but essentially we got to commit and I don't know whenever they are going to announce, but essentially it's one of, you know, if there's going to be a commit at this point in the year, like I said, um, there it's going to be a person that has been considering OU for a really long time and is not going to take any more of their visits. So this isn't going to be some kind of surprise person who just made it in for the trip and they got blown away and they silently committed. This is going to be a guy that we've known about for a long time. And it's probably Dylan Edwards. Um, we, I've talked about him. He's the smaller speedster running back from uh, Kansas. And my guess is why his commitment's coming out now because of the press on running backs in this class got a little bit higher because a guy that many thought was a huge OU lean in Trey Wisner um, from Texas, four-star running back, committed to Texas and went to their spring game instead of ours. So um, that's probably why Dylan Edwards is probably hopping in because the running back room in this class got a little bit more clear. Obviously, it's nice going into a class where you feel like, you know, there's not as much competition at the running back position. Obviously, we'll find someone else to replace Trey Wisner, but Trey Wisner was a hell of a high school recruit. Um, very talented running back. And it might be a little bit intimidating to be in the um, same class as him. So I think Donovan um, is popping in and we'll hopefully see his announcement anytime now because. Once we get like you know, kind of this like uh, the notion that somebody's going to commit soon, there's no point in waiting really because he's committed to us where he can't take other people other visits places. So how long can you really hide that? Not long. So I'm my guess is it comes out here pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that's just kind of how things are going to be under uh, Venables. You know, he wants you committed. He wants you doesn't want you dating around after after you've uh, married. Uh, as he said, I called him Donovan. I meant Dylan. I already said it earlier. I'm, we're a last name pod, I guess. It's we are Dylan last Edwards. name podcast. We I are was thinking Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards from Michigan. God, Jameson. Dylan Edwards, speedster, Kansas running back, very fast, four star on 247. Kansas pipeline, baby. Anyways. Yeah, honestly, it's it's crazy to see like our recruiting class. Um, a lot of our targets and a lot of our offers is also just all around the country. I felt like that at Oklahoma, you know, coming into the Lincoln Riley era, we were really kind of held down with, you know, the Texas area and then the Cali Sooners, you know, uh, but now uh, whenever we got Lincoln, we were really surprised that we were pulling people from the East coast and stuff like that. Now I feel like it's just, we're just shooting offers all over the place. You know, they, we've got a respect on the defensive side of the ball and, Brent Venables is a hell of a guy. It seems like he can recruit about anyone in the country. So I don't think we're dropping off in terms of, you know, our scope of where we can recruit. Um, even though Kansas is in our backyard, you know, it's we're getting people from all over the place. Yep. Yep. Well, having, having guys like, you know, um, uh, Miguel Chavez and, uh, you know, um, I'm blanking so hard. Oh my God, D-line coach Todd Bates. Todd Bates, Todd Bates, who is you know truly one of the the best recruiters in college football. I mean, it's 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 looking legit. Um, 
So hopefully we can get some, uh, you know, actual solid results on the field first, and then more crews will follow. But mm-hmm. Jameson, sure. thanks for the crew corner, uh, cor- corner update as always. But um, yeah, I think that's about it for uh, for this show. Uh, Ty, anything you want to say before we go? Yeah, I think uh, I think we've thoroughly covered the the spring game. I do want to say, you know, for everyone that's listened this far, we try to be different. We try to uh, present things from from a little bit of a, a different angle because we know that you guys consume probably more than just one weekly podcast when it comes to to OU football media, especially right after the spring game. So we didn't want to get too granular with with the details, and we wanted to sort of cover that that atmosphere and, and things like that. So we really hope you guys enjoyed and, and we're always open to, to feedback. I'm sure Bobby, I'm not allowed on the social medias, but I'm sure Bobby will pay attention to the social medias and, and to get that feedback to us. Bobby's told us the password to the social medias like three times. And then we just keep forgetting about it. You can just search an iMessage anytime you want. And, and granted that I, I probably shouldn't say that or else we'll just like, I, I, I don't Y'all, y'all need to see some of these uh, memes on the cutting cutting board floor. They're they're wonderful. Uh, mm-hmm. But <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, no, no, Ty, I, I agree. Um, we, I, I think we're a very vibes based podcast. We're just trying to have fun. You know, we're not, you know, we're not, you know, Mel Kiper. We're not analysts, but uh, I think we bring a really good blend of you know hanging out, having fun, and you know uh, being informed. So uh, we hope you all enjoyed that as well. And uh, yeah, look, we're about to get into the long, long, dark off season. It's about to get weird. I'm excited to have some fun with it, but um, yeah, uh, got a long way to go before UTEP. So anyway, Jameson, final thoughts? Nothing. Honestly, I'm really proud of OU, football team, the fans, everything. And let's hop into this off season. Let's try to find some content. Yes. Ooh, we, we will be, we will be content. Um, mining content digging uh i wish the sec move happened this summer because that would have been legit but hey here we go we'll, we'll do our best so anyways no matter what the future is bright i'm excited we're all excited here at the schooner pod and uh yeah looking forward to it so until next time for me jameson and ty this has been the scooter pod have a good one boomer sooner everyone <laughs>